Hello and welcome to Sunset Sunrise Ministries. My name is Kirk and my wife Jody. Uh, she's going to speak to you tonight about changes. Changes. We're going to be talking about changes and God's timing. Have you guys ever gone through changes? We have gone through many um, and they're not always fun. Um, we've had some fun changes lately. We have puppies <laughs> and um, they're a blessing, but they're also a challenge. You know, we haven't had our youngest child is 22 years old <laughs> and this is like having toddlers again. So if you guys hear noise in the background, it's just our puppies <laughs> being a little bit uh, mischievous anyway. But today we're going to be talking about the hard changes, the, the changes that um, God designs for a purpose. And so, um, Kirk, I'm just going to ask you to start off. Let's, the first big change that really came in our life was really understanding or you coming to terms with the changes that took place in just in your body. How, how did you feel when you first realized that you couldn't do the same things you did before? I guess, I guess you could say I was, uh, I guess self-pride kicked in at that point. <laughs> yeah. You know, always being able to do what I wanted to do. And that's not uh, wild things. It's just if I wanted to make something, I could make it. If something broke, I can fix it. If I wanted to cut a tree down and move it, I can cut it down and move it. But now I'm doing good if I can just catch my breath after, you know, 30 feet. So, yeah, it's it's been a... A whole new uh, change in life. Yeah. And, but it doesn't bother me. You know, after, after going through the pride issue and then getting a grip on myself and, and thinking, you know, it is what it is, you know, um, God has a purpose for me here. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. Right. And the one best change that I've received is that after I, you know, came to grips, realized that, you know, I'm not, I'm no longer my own Superman. I'm back to Clark Kent, you know. Um, it's a reassurance of, I know there's a heaven now. Mm-hmm. Before... I did it by faith. And now I walk it with knowing for a fact. Confidence. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, so that change for me is, is great. You know, I don't know if everybody on this earth, you know, can say, Hey, I, I have absolutely no doubt that there's a heaven. Right. You know, I've been there. I've seen it. And I, I hope that everybody gets that experience. Right. I, mean, I want to meet everybody there. So, you know, that's my biggest change. What was the change for me to see you not able to do the things you did before? Yeah. Um, you know, all of the, we've been married for, this year will be 32, uh, 31 years. 
You know, I could be out of jail for killing somebody longer than I've been stuck with you. <laughs> anyway, we've been together almost 33 years. And um, in all of that time, Kirk's always been my strength. He's always been the, the, the strong, of course, like most men, he's always been the strong person in our relationship. He's always been the final say. He still is. That didn't change. <laughs> well, um, so you say. <laughs> he's always been who I looked to, 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 to handle all of the hard stuff. And this was very different for both of us because instead of it being you handling all of the hard stuff, I started having to handle mm -hmm. a lot of the hard stuff and I wasn't prepared for that. And I had to let God do some changes in me to be able to do and handle the hard stuff the right way, which it, that was not simple. That was a hard, a lot of trial and error on my part. Um, a lot of hard learning, hard lessons. But once I realized that God was walking through every step, I think the very first time I realized that God was walking through every step with me was, you know, when we were at the hospital, the ladies on the elevator, you know, which I shared about at the very mm -hmm. beginning, but also the times where God did the little things to show me that he was still there with me. So I knew I was never walking by myself through the hard stuff. Um, for instance, there was one day in the hospital where um, we had a man, he was the physician's assistant that day, the nurse's assistant, sorry. And his name was Jesus, but it, I looked up at that dry erase board and it said Jesus. <laughs> and it made me smile. And he was with us for two days. And then when he left, a girl named Angel took his place. So yeah. we went from Jesus to an angel being present with us uh. in the hospital. And I knew that that was just God's way. He could have put anybody in there as a nurse's assistant. Yeah. He put people with those specific names to show me that he was there. You know, not that those people were God, but that they were God's way of demonstrating his love to us. And so I learned really quickly that I wasn't walking through any of these steps by myself. And the communication between Kirk and I, um, you know, we've always talked about things. Um, we haven't always been fantastic at communication, but over the years we've learned to be pretty good at communication. But during this time, we have gotten... Um, really real with each other, probably more so than we ever have, where the talks have been, you know, not the kind of talks you think you're going to have with somebody, but you know, the, you know, if my health declines and I don't live, you know, that kind of thing. Or if, you know, if this happens, this is what we do. You know, those, those kind of talks that you don't really expect to have with your spouse, but we've had them, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. We've had them. So, you know, we went through that change first, but, you know, we talked about, uh, or we said that we were going to discuss God's timing also. God's timing has been incredible through all of this. Mm -hmm. You know, if we had stayed in Belize, we wouldn't, we would have lost everything anyway. God brought us home, not exactly in the way we expected to come home, but he brought us home before all of that happened to protect us from being there when everything kind of went downhill 
with the coronavirus and all that kind of stuff. It shut everything down in that whole country. It shut the whole entire country down. We would have lost everything. And the other possibilities, Kirk could have died in a foreign country. And, you know, there they didn't have the medical facilities to keep you alive. But um, he didn't. He brought us home and he brought us to exactly the spot that we needed to be. He orchestrated it. But the other thing that we realized was that even with our house being water damaged where we can't be in it. Um, so we have to live with my parents for a while. And we lived with my mom and dad for a year and a half. But God wanted us. He could have protected our house from having water damage. Uh -huh. He could have protected it completely. And we could have come home to the same house and it would have been no different. Yeah. But what he did was make us mobile. We didn't really have um, a serious tie to any one place at that moment. And he needed us mobile because when you're, when Kirk's dad then got sick and then his mother passed away and we needed to be here with him because he can't live on his own because he needs a lot of assistance. We moved in a day. Well, we didn't physically move everything in a day, but we, we were able to pack up and leave that day and we haven't been back since. And that was in January. Mm hmm and so, you know, our, but our life has completely shifted again. And, but God's timing is perfect. And had he not brought us back and had we not gone through this and had our house not been flooded, we wouldn't have been so easily or readily available to do what God asked us to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And what he's asked us to do is not always the easy thing. But um, we had a couple verses that we wanted to share with you. The first one I want to share with you is from Colossians 2, 4, and 5. It says, I am saying this so that no one will deceive you with arguments that sound reasonable. For I may be absent in body, but I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see how well ordered you are and the strength of your faith in Christ. And Kirk, you talked about it being, you feel like it's a test. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that he's telling us there to... You know, be prepared that you're going to be tested. And he rejoices on seeing how how well we do with our life tests. Right. You know, it's like a proud parent watching his child, you know, in competition in, in sports. You know, um, every time a child does well at a spelling bee or a math test, you know, we take pride in that. And we get excited that they've done so well. And mm -hmm. I think that's the same as what he's saying there. Right. And so he looks forward to seeing us on how well we carry ourselves from what he's taught us. You know. So bringing it down to a really real level then, mm -hmm. you going through what you have health-wise, it's like God was sitting back saying, okay, how are you going to deal with this? Are you going to handle it the way I want you to? Or are you going to handle it the way that most of the world does? Well, I'm sure he knew that uh, I wasn't going to handle it as well as what I should have at first. Right. I mean, I'm pretty sure he knew that, you know, it was, I'm going to give you this and you're not going to look at it through my eyes. You're going to look at it through your eyes and you're going to be upset and angry. And he was right, you know. 
angry, mad, uh, wanting to destroy the world, you know, because I'm here instead of there. And then he slowly started to show me in the Bible, you know, verses that spoke to me, you know. Uh, you know, at night when I'm listening to the Bible, he'll pick a portion of it and really put me to where my focus is on that. And I'm seeing it and hearing it. And then all of a sudden, I wake up and I'm like, ooh, I need to back that up. And it's that way every time, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just reassuring that he speaks to me that way through the Bible. And then I get to go back and, and read it and mark it and really take it in. And that's what he's done with me. And by doing that with me, he's really showed me that, you know, uh, the changes he's done for me, you know, by society, you'd look at it as I've been cursed. But I look at it as it's a blessing. You know, he, he's he's willing to take his time and to touch me and to share with me and to guide me where he wants me to walk. Right. And he takes his time and I fall down and I get back up and I continue on the path with him. Just like a newborn baby, you know, mm -hmm. taking his first few steps and then he falls and he gets back up and he tries it again. That's what I'm doing with the Lord. Right. And it's, it's exhilarating. So. It wasn't exhilarating at first. No, it was angry at first. Yeah. But. I still remember the very, uh, probably the very first time that Kirk had to face what was going on. And we were at the hospital and he wanted to get up and go to the restroom like he always had. <laughs> and I kept telling him we need to get somebody to come in here and help. And Kirk kept insisting that he could do it. He's like, well, no. I didn't, I didn't need help. I'd been going to the restroom on my own for 49 years at that point. <laughs> at that point, yes. You know, I can get up and go and that self-pride. Yep. <laughs> and I was scared because I knew that his legs couldn't hold him. But he was so insistent. And there was no stopping him. And... He was labored even, you know, breathing, trying to sit up in the bed at that point. So I was thinking, you think that you can get up and walk to this bathroom, which was literally only about six feet, you know, from the bed to the toilet. Yeah, maybe that's And he, so I thought, there's not anything I can do. And I told him I was going to call the nurse, and he said, no, don't. I mean, it, 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 he was very angry with me that day. And what ended up happening was he ended up thinking he could hold himself up and sliding to the floor, right, like, up against the bed. He he didn't make it even a step. He he literally put his legs to the ground and slid to the floor. Okay, so I crumbled like a house of cards. Yes. But it was a controlled fall. It was a controlled fall, had... even though the hospital did put him on bed jail after that. Yeah. He had an alarm for his bed because of it, but... He had to do, what I realized afterwards is he had to do it to realize that he couldn't. You know, it's like sometimes we, God does that with us as his children. He says, don't do this. 
don't do this. I don't want you to do this. It's not safe yet, or you're not strong enough yet, or whatever. And we feel like we have to try. And so he just stands back and he watches us crumble to the floor. Well, I think he just stands back and goes, all right, stupid, go ahead and do it on your own, <laughs> but it ain't going to work out. Right. And yeah. And sometimes I think sometimes we just have to walk through those steps to realize that we can't. Mm-hmm. And then God's right there with us to help us back up, or there's some really big male nurses that come and help us back up into the bed. Um, but spiritually speaking, he's right there with us to pick us back up. Yeah. Um, in Ephesians three twelve and 13, it says, In him we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. So then I ask you not to be discouraged over my afflictions on your behalf, for they are for your glory. They are your glory. And I started thinking about that verse, and I realized this is Paul, and he's talking to the Ephesians, the church of Ephesus. He's talking to these people, and he's in prison. Mm-hmm. And he's telling them not to be discouraged about his beliefs or his aff- afflictions um, on their behalf. In other words, because he was speaking to them about the Lord, he was thrown in jail. Mm. And he doesn't want them to be upset about that. He wants them to realize that that is for their glory. And one of the things that I prayed for in that hospital room, the very first night was, Lord, show me your glory. And I've seen it now. Not in a Moses kind of a way on top of Mount Sinai where my face is glowing, but what I see on a daily basis is the glory of God showing through my husband. Um... In very practical ways, you know, where God's loving kindness is coming through to him, through him, um, in ways that I've never seen happen before. His afflictions that God allowed were for the glory of God, so that other people could see God in Him, so that other people could see the way that God works in our lives. And so, if we have to go through something hard, to help others come to the Lord to encourage people who are going through something hard as well. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's worth every bit of hardship that we go through. And we, we lack for nothing. There's no practical need that we have that God doesn't meet. And we've realized that the things that don't fall into place it just means that it's not God's time yet. So we've learned that if there's if there's a, a, a need that we for instance, we need to put a new roof on our house. And we you know, financially that's an impossibility right now. But the way we look at it now is God, that's your house. Mm-hmm. It needs a new roof. If God doesn't ever put a new roof on it, maybe that's not the house we're supposed to ever live in again. Maybe he doesn't want us in that house that had the water damage. Maybe he wants us somewhere else. Maybe he's going to move us somewhere else. Maybe we're going to do something we don't even understand yet. Unless we start to trust God for his timing and provision, we're not going to live a life fully for the Lord. You know? So instead of us worrying about, oh man, we got to figure out a way to do this, we don't worry about it anymore. We just look at it and say, okay, well, if God wants us to do that, then he'll provide it. 
if he doesn't provide it, then obviously that's not what we're supposed to do. Well, we've learned to do it in his time. Right. You know, normally we would jump through hoops and break our backs to try to figure out how to get something done immediately right. in our time frame. And now we've learned that you just trust in the Lord and, and he'll give you the timing. You know, he'll show you when you need to do it and provide the provisions right. to do it in. So, I mean, we prayed, Lord, you know, help our business and be successful. You know, Lord, help us to do this, help us to do that. He didn't even want us to have the business anymore. You know, we prayed when we came back home um, that God would, you know, heal Kirk quick enough that we could go back. Kirk, Kirk was planning on us going back to Belize after he got out of the hospital. We were still talking about going back mm -hmm. because that was what Kirk wanted to do until God started showing him differently. And then when we decided we wanted to sell our, we, we okay, we need to sell our business. And then God said, no. It's not going to sell. You're not going to have anything left. You're going to have to learn to trust me with everything. Mm -hmm. That was scary. That, you know, that first for me, because I, I kept thinking, this is, this is your whole retirement. This is, this is what we were supposed to be living off of for the rest of our lives. What in the world? Like if we had that money from the sale of our business, we could come back here and completely renovate our house. God didn't let that happen. And there were people interested. We had two uh, contracts that fell through, two of them. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen. And then the COVID stuff hit, and a lot of people lost their businesses. You know? Yep. And, um, but we realized that God just simply wanted us to trust him. Man's money, man's ways are not the answer. Well, they're not his ways either. No. They're not, <clears throat> you know, we trust in our banking systems and in our jobs and things like that, thinking that that's going to provide for us. It's not. God does. Mm -hmm. Kirk pointed out the scripture earlier today about, you know, even God takes care of even the birds. Why are we worried? Oh, yeah. So we've learned to trust God's timing and God never, ever fails us. Well, I think that what he was teaching us with why we couldn't sell our business and all of that is deep down, if, you, if, if I'm honest about how we were living, uh, the verse in 1 John 2, 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And I think about that, and I'm like, well, you know, we we really fell in love with being in Belize. Yeah. You know, we really enjoyed the prestige of owning our own business and being our own boss and seeing it grow. Mm -hmm. But that's not the path that God wanted us to go down. No. If we would have continued to do the... Uh, business in Belize we could have walked the wrong path and ended up in the wrong direction and I don't mean that on the island I mean headed to hell it's where we would have been walking ourselves to yeah we were getting further and further away from the Lord they're not closer well it wasn't just that I mean we had intentions to get closer with 
some of our Christian friends there mm -hmm. and helping in different categories of that. But little by little, uh, I think that Satan was getting very good at packaging his garbage and right. we were taking little bits of it at a time and being able to reason our way in the wrong direction. Right. So. Yeah. It's really easy to be prideful when you're a business owner in a beach community. Mm. You know, hanging out with all of the other business owners in the beach community and getting to answer questions by all the people who come to visit who are jealous of what you're doing. It's really easy. I fell into that really easily. Um, I was so excited that we were in... We, I mean, we were doing what we love to do. We were in a place that we love to be. Mm -hmm. But there was something that was extra special about it or that made you feel really good about yourself when people started saying, man, I wish I you know, could do what you're doing. And, um, you know, it really can puff you up. It can make you really prideful. And that would have taken me further away from the Lord. And it did a little bit. And um, God stopped us in our tracks. Mm -hmm. before we could go further away. And he brought us very, very close to him. He brought you closer. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he felt that he needed to have a heart-to-heart -heart right. with me, and he did. Right. So really what it boils down to, guys, is that, um, you know, all of the things that, you know, a lot of people are dealing with changes right now, that, you know, there are economy, uh, and there's I think there's a lot more changes to come. I think that, that God is trying to prepare us for more changes to come, and, you know, this is, I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what your political affiliation is. There's changes that are taking place in our world right now. You have to be blind not to see it. And I think God wants us to be prepared for the changes that could come, that will come. And we need to learn to trust and rely on Him and His timing and His faithfulness and His love for us. And um, so that's one of the reasons why I felt really strongly about sharing this with you guys tonight we could have done it two different ways we could have either gone through all of this and been very angry and bitter you know angry that we lost everything angry that we lost our business that we don't have our own you know i turned 50 in august kirk will be 51 in may you don't expect to not to be living with your parents when you're in your 50s. You know, we've been living on our own for a very long time now. Yeah, well. We've raised five kids on our own. You know, we, we did those things, um, you know, with being involved with our parents, but not having to live with other people. We didn't expect to be back where we're at right now, but God chose to put us where he did. And we're happy about it. It's It's... Are we happy that we don't have a house of our own? Well, it, you know, it's not about that. It's about you're happy because we know where, where God wants us. We're happy because we know that his dad needed help and we were able to be here. Well, I'm, <clears throat> I'm happy. It's not so much as being happy that uh, we, you know, don't have a house, but we're happy that we have a place to stay. Right. Um, we get the blessing of looking after my dad. Yep. We uh, don't have the old lifestyle of 
keeping up with the Joneses. Right. We don't have to worry about, you know, what new item or toy do we need to buy today to fill that empty void that only following the Lord could fill. Right. You know, those are the, you know, the happiest part for me is I think about it and I go, you know, I had a goal in my life when I was young to be retired and a business owner by the time I was 50. Now, I kind of beat that goal when we moved to Belize. Yeah. When we were in our late 40s. Right. <laughs> and uh, I'm happier now with where God's placed me than when we were doing that. Right. Me too. You know, the stress is gone. The health, it is what it is. My ability to move like I used to is gone, but it is what it is. And, you know, I'm still thankful that the Lord is giving me an opportunity to share his word with others. Right. You know, I, I feel that that is the biggest blessing and honor that I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And as far as achievements go, I, I feel that in my life, I've, I've accomplished a few things, mm-hmm. you know, I managed to get myself through high school, which is, you know, not a big achievement, but for me it was, uh, and then to go in the Marine Corps and become a Marine, that was a, a large achievement for me. Right. And then to have a family and a wife that love me that was a huge achievement to have a job that i could perform and uh, stick with for over 20 years that was an achievement in my life you know mm-hmm. and then to have my to have our business in a tropical beautiful setting mm-hmm. what a great achievement and out of all of those achievements I still had emptiness and God finally gave me the best achievement ever and that's being able to share and take the word out to people that is the best achievement I've ever had right so our life with God's what's important our riches are not supposed to be stored up here they're supposed to be in heaven yep so our blessings our rewards are there we no longer care about having them here here doesn't matter. Eternity is what matters. Yeah. And so if we can encourage you guys, spend time with the Lord. Listen to his word if you don't want to read. Read his word if you like to read. If you don't have a desire, pray and ask God to give you the desire. He will. My father-in-law is 88 years old, and he reads his Bible every day for two to three hours. Yeah. And he didn't start doing it until he was in his 80s. And he tells me all the time how he wishes that he would have learned to have a hunger and a thirst for the Bible like he does now when he was a lot younger. I think that's a huge blessing. Yeah. I love that he that he craves that with the Lord now. And he looks back on it and he realizes the blessing that it is. So I'm encouraging all of you guys, you know, don't let this world weigh you down. Don't let all of the stuff that 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 so easily can pull you um, away from the Lord become the focus because it's not what's important. God's what's important. Other people, 
knowing God is what's important. So we just want to encourage you tonight. Let trust God's timing. Let God orchestrate what's happening in your life. Don't fight it. Embrace it. It's a gift. The hard things that are happening in your life could be a test, but they're also a gift. So, Kirk, do you have anything else? Well, another verse that I like to live by is Luke 17, 1. He said to his disciples, Offenses will certainly come, but woe to the one through whom they come. So, right there, Jesus is telling us, as a Christian, it's going to be a hard, bumpy road ahead of you. Yep. But it's only for this lifetime. Right. And this life can be as long as 150 years or as short as five years. Right. Or one year or an infant. But just remember, there's no guarantee on how long you'll be here. Right. But if you don't find the Lord and accept him into your life, I can guarantee you that eternity in hell is going to be very miserable for you. It is. So. If you were to walk on the beach and pick up just a pinch of sand with your fingers, mm -hmm. just a pinch of sand, that's what this life is here. Yes. All of the sand that exists on the earth is a good representation of eternity. Close to it. What we're, what this amount of time that we're here on this earth is so little compared to eternity. So don't, don't lose focus. Keep your eyes on the Lord. So we're going to talk to you again next week. We appreciate you guys for listening. We hope that it blesses you and we hope that it encourages you. And we hope that you see the glory of God in what we've shared. Thank you. Thank you. Good night.